Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome back to the Grief Gang podcast with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. The message behind the Grief Gang is to normalise the topic of conversation that is grief. People living with grief can often feel ashamed, isolated and alone. This podcast was created to break those taboos after I myself experienced all of those feelings after the loss of my mum in 2016. I decided enough was enough and we need to talk about this. You'll hear on this podcast an array of stories and experiences, some being my own and some being fantastic guest episodes and their incredible stories. You'll laugh, you'll cry, but I hope above all, I hope you'll learn. I hope you'll learn that you are not alone in your grief journey, that you have a voice and it should be heard, that you and your grief matter. So without further ado, I'll let you enjoy the episode. Happy listening. Hello, Grief Gang, and welcome back to another episode with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. We are now on the final episode of the season, which has been going since December. I can't actually believe I've held out for something this long, to be honest, consistently and not being lazy and left it. But it's been a wonderful season and we've heard from some amazing guests and we've had a right laugh, had a right cry as well. And I'm about due a break. I'm very much ready for a break. I'm going to take a two month hiatus, go away to Turkey and fully relax and come back for season four with a bang. But before I wrap up this season, I really wanted to have this conversation. And it's been a conversation I think has been long overdue and probably for many reasons, as we were just discussing beforehand. But I think now the time is right and we're both at a place where I think we're both comfortable and ready to have the conversation. Uh, I think not only with ourselves, but together too. Um, so I would really like to introduce to you today, Grief Gang, my big brother, Kyle. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> How are you feeling? Yeah, good. This is your first podcast. That is very much so. It's very weird. <laughs> you feel a bit awkward. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so before we get into it and go back to that fateful day, just uh, let's actually go back, if you want to tell them about yourself. Yeah. And I'm going to go probably to one of the questions that I had at the end of this, but actually bring it to the top. What's probably one of your like earliest memories of mum um, before I arrived, so you had seven years before my fantastic arrival. <laughs> yeah. And you wanted me to be a boy instead of a girl. Um, and yeah, what was it for you? What was it like growing up with mum? Um, obviously, yeah. So obviously she's always very back crazy, obviously, from, <laughs> from the get-go. But obviously very like caring, maternal, obviously worked with children a lot of the time when we were younger. Um, yeah, kind of like everyone kind of knew her in the community and things mm. like that. She was kind of one of those people really. So, um, yeah, like literally like she was obviously crazy and she'd go mental at times and things like that. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say kind, caring, always checking up on you really mm. and checking up on everyone really. And yeah. A lot of people, and all of her friends and her family and work colleagues and things like that and all the different places that she worked. Like she had friends Probably she had friends from probably every single job she had at yeah, the funeral. She did. She actually did, yeah. Yeah, so it kind of showed the sort of person she was. Mm. Um, yeah. And kind of like, so do you have many memories of those like kind of seven years before I came and kind of being being an only child for so long? Because seven years is quite a long time to be an only child. Yeah, it is. Did um, you feel like when I was born, was it, oh, my mummy's being... <laughs> I don't really like I've got loads of memories but like I can't actually remember what it was like to be an only child to yeah. be honest like obviously we were really lonely like you had so many friends because yeah. obviously we had like Melanie and that around a lot when yeah. I was young, you young. Little, little, yeah. and then obviously like we had like James Catherine mm. and all that all around like Kalash and all, yeah. all them people there that they were just always always around so it didn't really feel like I was an only, only child, child yeah. I wouldn't say um, and then obviously all cousins old dad's side older cousins things like that so but yeah that's a little bit about you and kind of yeah growing up so most people who are listening have probably gone back and heard my story it's my first ever episode that I ever put out um and that was so many years ago now but obviously there's so many different variations of that story and so many different people lost mum on that day and mm-hmm. were there and were present and I think for me I've always probably been a bit too scared to ask a little bit because I, I, there's just all these uno, unanswered questions for me. So in as little or as much as you like, just, yeah, take us back to, I suppose really, let's, not, let's go further from, let's go even on, on the day of the 24th of dad's birthday, bless him. Yeah. <laughs> I still can't really believe to say that she died the day after his birthday. Oh, I know, I know. I think it's a real fuck you. It is. It really was. <laughs> she would have been happy about that bit, I think. <laughs> and we love you, dad, but it really is a big fuck you. <laughs> And that's kind of why I didn't really want him here now because yeah. I, I knew that would come up. But I suppose obviously my version is on that 24th, I I was trying to get hold of you and yeah. I couldn't. And it was eventually Helen who was able to get hold of you. And so my initial thought of when her colleague got through to me was I thought mum had committed a crime. <laughs> <laughs> I When she said, call the police... It's about your mum. I went, and my initial thought was, because dad was away in the Caribbean, I thought, 
she smashed up his place. Because when her work was down the road from his place, my immediate thought was that she's done a crime. Nothing ever to do with her health. Yeah. And so what was what was your initial thoughts when kind of, well, yeah, so Helen got through to you. Were you just like, what is going on? Well, yeah, I can remember quite clearly, actually, because I was obviously working at yeah. Lease Plan then. And um, I worked on, like, the f- obviously you've been working, you yeah. weren't there before as well. Shit so hell. Yeah, so... <laughs> And I, I don't care if you remind <laughs> me for that. It's a shithole. <laughs> um, I worked on the third floor. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of see down into the lobby, mm-hmm. can't you? So mm-hmm. I got a call in the morning, about I think about 10 o'clock. Um, and it's from the receptionist. And she said, the police are downstairs for you. Mm. So instantly, I'm just like, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm, trying to, I'm literally scrambling, thinking, I haven't actually done anything wrong for, for the police to turn up at my work. Like yeah. that sort of level. Yeah. Um, and obviously I had my phone in my pocket the whole time so I couldn't I was on silent I didn't see no calls no nothing because mm. um, obviously like, you were trying to get hold of me mm. Helen was trying to get hold of me just everyone was trying to get hold of me um, and I peered down and there's only one police officer there mm. so I was like well they're not here to arrest me because they they're going to need two <laughs> of them they would bring arms in yeah yeah they'd bring two so I was like alright and then as I've gone down I've looked <laughs> I'd make myself sound like a criminal but I'm not I looked at <laughs> I looked at my phone yeah. to see if anyone had messaged me saying, Carl, oh, heads, like, up. heads yeah. up, this is happening, or blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, um, and then obviously I see a million missed calls yeah. from you guys. So yeah. instantly I'm like, okay, what's happened? Um, and then, yeah, I get down and he was just like, look, you're, um, your mum's been taken to hospital. Um, he was like, do you want to drive or do you want to be blue lighted? Mm. So I was just like, listen, blue light me. Just take me, yeah. Take me now. And obviously I called you guys and obviously you were like emotional. You were, I think you were just on the way there. You were going to get there just before yeah. me. I think Helen was already on the way I there. I think Helen made her way. Um, and yeah, and then I, and I remember them saying, because I think obviously she's obviously arrived at hospital already. And then Nikki, obviously, who I knew yes. from football, yeah. um, obviously she recognised mum. Yeah. And so she asked them, have you got hold of Kyle and they were like who's Kyle as a son yeah. and like, we can't get hold of him and she said he works here so that's why they come to my work I was wondering that okay that makes sense that's how they come to my work yeah she, he said she told him where I work yeah um and then yeah and then they they come flying over and then took me over mm. to the hospital and then yeah after that it's just it's not it's not a it's not a haze sort of thing, but like for example, like some I've seen, things are. I remember sitting in that room, that little tiny yeah. box room for yeah. ages, just trying we to were. get some trying to get to go and see her. And I remember him saying like police have to stay there because they don't know if it's if a it's crime, crime scene, or not. Yeah. And blah blah blah. And it's a million things obviously because you can't see her straight away. Yeah, we it took it we were a good couple of hours before we were actually allowed to see her. And by the time we did get to see her, that little box room had filled up, hadn't it? It yeah. was I remember yeah, then Chris coming down and then Talian and everybody and it soon started like word of mouth was getting around yeah, really yeah. quite quickly like there was a lot of people in there like it's funny it like was. Covid times I like it's, it's you, completely uh, different that day obviously then we got to see her obviously mm. um, and then the police eventually went whilst we got to see her in a and E. I I think yes. obviously she was just all wired up at that point yeah. and whatnot. I'd almost told myself I just thought I think part of me was thinking prepare yourself for the worst and just do and to hear that you held on to hope of that conversation I just remember um, obviously Grandad was he really pissed me off because he was just yeah. he was being so negative yeah he was so negative yeah. which obviously we don't see it outside whatever but I can understand kind of because 
all he's seen is loss. So he's just expecting, mm. right, it's coming again. Despair, it? yeah. But obviously that's not what I wanted to hear. No, of course yeah, not. As, like, two, as the two children. He wasn't yeah. needed. No. He didn't do no good no. in that situation. But in that situation, obviously, they said that night, like, she's going to go into um, a coma for, like, yeah. five days and stuff like that. And in my head, what I was thinking, I knew the severity. I knew she'd been, like, unconscious for, like, 25 minutes, half hour, whatever it was. Yeah. I knew, like, we wasn't getting our mum back. Yeah. I think that our conversation with the doctor the night before, because they, they, were, they weren't they 100% giving us, like, real, like, almost real hope, but they were giving us little pockets. I remember them saying, you know, well, she's in, an in-, in the coma and within... I remember he said, because this was the Friday, he said, and by Thursday next week, we'll try and take her off oxygen and see how she goes. Yeah. And I remember, even in my pessimistic mind, because I don't think I'd said out loud at this point to you or to anybody, like, my mum, I, I know my mum is going to die and preparing myself for. I think I didn't, I didn't want to let that off because I think if I accepted it, then it was mm. true. And it was when the doctor said, you know, yeah, okay, Thursday next week, we'll look to take her off oxygen. And I'm thinking, oh, hang on. Well, the doctor thinks he can do that. And then it was when he said, but miracles can happen. Mm. And that's when the, probably the last slither of hope for me just died because I thought doctors don't rely on miracles yeah. and they rely on numbers and stats. And even as much as granddad was pissing me off with what he was saying, and everyone in the room, and he was really giving them a hard time. And I look back and kind of, I think I gave the people there a hard time as well. I remember being quite barky with the staff and um, everything like that. But even, yeah, in the moment of finding the news, I think you just, as much as you may tell yourself, for me, I told myself, yeah, it's going to happen. Nothing prepares you for. And so to go back to, yeah, into that morning of, so... So you and Helen had arrived before before I did. And yeah. So how long were you there before they'd come out? I got up early. I remember obviously because Grandad was here and yeah. he would just like ants his pants like the yeah. whole time. So like obviously you don't really sleep that well. And yeah. again, so I was going there, I talk, spoke to the dogs when I got there. They're like, yeah, obviously Lorraine and Danielle had stayed there. Um, and I was like, what's happened? They were like, nothing spoke to them, they're like, yeah, this has happened. I think these, I can't remember what they said, but something had changed overnight. Mm. Not like worsen, but they're like, we had to do this. Right. Like something like maybe like dialysis or something like that. Mm. And then I was like, okay, fine. And then, then yeah, you're just, you're just waiting around. And obviously then, obviously what's happened in between that, that and that, and then they come and grab you, take you in the room. But yeah, as I said, so I, in wasn't, that moment, I wasn't, I didn't, that's what I'm saying, in that moment. There was no like rush of people or you didn't have it a It wasn't a rush, no, of, literally, no. literally, everything was so calm. I was literally, I think we were the only people in so there. So you by a bedside, you were in that, no, that family room? I was yeah. in that room outside. So they didn't allow you to see her that so, morning? I, don't, I didn't think I'd gone in yet. No. I don't think I could have gone in there yet. I'm pretty sure I didn't go in. I could have, I, I could be wrong, that, that bit's a bit mm. hazy, but... Um, yeah, I just got took to the room and obviously they just said, look, um, your mum's had another heart attack. Um, and then, and then, yeah, and then literally just another woman come through the door and they were like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. From that point there, it was, it was real. There was no realisation about it. Yeah. It was, it was that minute, leaving, leaving, I couldn't even get out the end of the ICU corridor. No. 
we spent such an intense 24 hours in in that in that in ICU it was almost like we'd set up camp there and I, I kind of looked for that for that whole week and I was like okay I'm going to be spending my whole well however long we didn't know however long we might have been spent in there at the ICU and kind of it felt safe mm. in that ICU and then to to turn around I remember me and you standing in that little like bin area next to the corridor yeah. and windows are and me and you in that moment having to call everyone yeah. and I remember us both leaning up against the concrete wall and like going through the phone book I think one of us might have even had her phone and like having I remember even on her phone do you remember when she was meant to, she was meant to do a babysitting job the night yeah. before and the lady was messaging, like, hi, where are you? And I think one of us having to take on messaging her, mm. I'm so sorry, like, but mum, mum died. Yeah. And, but that, that's, that for me really stuck in my brain of just us both. It's almost like we didn't, we, di- we didn't have, we, we didn't have the, dad was away. We didn't mm. have dad to almost like fall upon either. So mum and dad went together, but we really, there, there really was kind of no one else who was going to muck in. Yeah. Not muck in, but like who had to had to do this, who had to call the relative people to let them know and it's, it's weird, obviously I remember like texting in in the boys' chat just saying like obviously AJ I remember just saying like he was away, he was on a stag. Mm. And I think I was like invited to that thing as well. And I'm thinking, I like, imagine I went and I wasn't mm. here and stuff like that. But and then obviously Messi said like the mom's had a heart attack, like doesn't look good. And then the next minute just saying, I remember just saying, boys, she's gone. Yeah. For me, the f- the finality of it all really hit me when we went to go and see her body um, with Auntie Danielle. Mm. And because I think up until that point, I'd, until I saw it, I didn't believe it. And it was when I saw her and I felt her and that I went, oh, okay, she's really not here. Mm. And I can imagine for how many, because it was kind of the same people, wasn't it, who came the night before and who were with yeah. while she was like still warm and still like smelt like her. That's yeah. what really struggled for me. She didn't smell like her anymore. And um, so many people, yeah, like when, I, when we think about how many people really flocked down to come and see her, because I think some people didn't realise the severity to a degree of what we were saying. When we said... She could go. You need to get down here. Mm. And those that did, and you're totally right. I remember seeing, I remember seeing my old friend's dad walk in and him come back out. He's a big guy, mm. and him come out and looking white as a ghost. And I thought, oh fucking hell, that's knocked him. Like, I think of how many people flocked down to come and say goodbye to mum. It's a true testament to the woman that she was. Yeah, and. I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> what was happening that day? Yeah. Obviously, there's plenty of other people in ICU as well, isn't it? Was, it? And like, it was a busy ward. Yeah. So, like, pretty much all the beds were taken up and things like yeah. that. But yeah, and they were. And I feel like we do. I know so many people don't have a positive experience with like healthcare services and like the people who looked after their loved one, and especially like recently. But I think. I think we had. I think we'd had quite a positive experience. I think any questions we wanted to ask were asked. Mm. I remember one one nurse. I remember that little alleyway where I said where we stood there by the bins. I remember we kind of made our smoking area, but mm. we weren't really meant to. 
And I remember she came, I think we'd been told her for a couple of times. And then she came out and I thought, oh, for fuck's sake, she's going to tell us off again. And she came out and lit up as well. Mm. <laughs> it was just like, and I think she rubbed me on my back and it was just this like little solidarity moment. And I remember actually going back to the ICU when Nani Gracie went in and seeing her from afar. I remember thinking, she probably sees so many families like mm. ours every day, every week. And it's mad to think um, how much they stay with us. And to a degree, like our love and our people's stories stay with them, but how much we remember them, but they may not remember us. Yeah. Um, and they're a really integral part to our stories. Mm. I wanted to ask you about your friendships. Um it made me really proud of yourself and, and your friends as well. And when I look back at how much they rallied and still do rally for you. Yeah. Um, but kind of, yeah, you said then about the chat and telling them there and kind of what was their responses and kind of, is there anything that really stuck out for you and what they did or might've said that really made you feel like really held and like my boys have got me. To be fair, I feel, I felt them boys were solid mm. way before, like, yeah way before that like obviously things can change anything but mm. I I always thought like I could we can lean on each other like don't get me wrong boys are completely different like we grill each other about anything yeah. you've got about 20 minutes once someone puts something serious in and then you're getting yeah. grilled about it obviously <laughs> someone's mum's dying in the same but <laughs> but literally that's kind of how we do it so like, the film is obviously I told them and obviously then everyone come and like obviously like they remember obviously like mm. all like Chan's that mom, night, yeah. Aja's mum, Pav's mum, all the all the guys cooked to make bare food. They're like, obviously, you've got lots to do. Like, we're bringing as much food as you want. Literally, I had food galore. We did not go hungry. Fit in. Like, <laughs> it was everywhere. They will come in. Aja's mum and dad come over. Um, just sitting obviously like back. He was dad was like, whatever you need. Chan's dad, it's exactly the same thing. Like, whatever you need. Mm. Like, we, we're always here for you. Like, you know that. Um, yeah, and then just the boys, really. It's just, like, talk about when you need to talk about, really. Like, if not something that, obviously, like, most blokes, not all blokes, but most blokes go and just want to deal with it on their own and whatnot. But when you when you want to have a 4am melt after you've come in from a night out or whatever and you all start chatting and then, obviously, like, like Sooks obviously lost his dad when he was younger. And there's people that you can relate to. So, yeah, it was a, it was a good thing. Because more than not, it was that we would just crack jokes like the next day we'd be cracking joke about something else mm. and you feel that's what you needed and I could just jump in innit like it's just the same innit like it's all good bit of respite innit and kind of like you have I said you, you have the friends like I definitely have the friends like if I want to get deep and meaningful mm. with about it um, and then having other friends who just want to crack jokes but like having 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 that in in in, but in one not one person but in every all of your friends is really great to have where yeah. um and I think, yeah, that's kind of, I felt like what I needed. I I was very much, i say escape, but um, it was nice to, yeah, to just actually just go out with your mates and actually not think about being, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm the person with the dead mum and I'm going through this. No, I, think it's, I think boys are just different. I think we're naturally just a lot more, I don't know, awkward. If in a way that, if I was just going down a pub or just having a few drinks or just, I'm just meeting up with the boys or whatever we're doing, it wouldn't really be something we just wouldn't bring it up I wanted to ask you kind of we touched on earlier before we started about kind of like how you felt you just kept busy and whether that whether that is a choice or to me I I felt like you didn't you didn't actually have a choice in the matter 
Um, but would you disagree with that? Would you kind of say you you purposely kept yourself busy? So obviously you had to take on the household. You semi became a caregiver yeah. for me. Obviously, yeah. So from that moment, instantly. It was like, deaf admin. Yeah, literally everything had to be sorted straight away. So obviously I don't know nothing about nothing. I don't know mm. nothing about a funeral. I don't know nothing about, I don't really know nothing about mum's finances. In a way, it, it gave me a lot of purpose. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of always been like ambitious and I know what I wanted to do and mm. I was going to head there, but I was coasting. Obviously at first I didn't really want to impact you at all. Mm. I just wanted you to have, obviously I wanted you to have the same life. Obviously it was not going to be the same life, but I wanted it to be close. To some degree, yeah. As yeah. to where it was before. So that's why I wanted to try and keep everything the same um, as much as possible, really. But yeah, there was a lot like, that's what I'm saying. In the first few weeks, like even up to the funeral, like, everyone's around you and everyone's there. Yeah. It's when it goes all quiet. Our house was never quiet. Yeah, that's for, what I'm saying. Yeah. When it, it's when it goes quiet and now it's all done. Yeah. And it's just it's just yourself there now. Like, I think that was for us when, like, yeah, like for that first, yeah, it was supposed to be a good couple of, nearly a month after for the funeral. And then, and then it was her birthday a month. So kind of for that first two months, we had something almost to say loosely look forward to. And have, yeah, the reason to flock everybody together. And I feel like it was, yeah, like the September where we went, oh, well, there's nothing else. Or it was, we were waiting then for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. But then we had like four months in between that. So it was like, right, okay, well, the to-do list is all done. You've t- you've let everybody know that needs mm. to know financially, whatever it may be. We've done the funeral. We've done all this. And then it was like, and now it's just time to sit with our feelings. Mm. And that's when, yeah, I think things really started. I think, yeah, we did. there's a question here from somebody later on, but um, I feel like, yeah, because you'd, you'd protected me from so much of not wanting me to get involved in any of the stuff, mm. not not wanting me, but to protect me from it. Because, yeah, like when I hear other people's experience of now how much admin there is, yeah, 19, I would have been like, what the fuck mm. is this? Um I don't know, am I making the right choices? Should we be doing that? I don't know. Um, and so I feel like it was, yeah, when the dust settled was kind of when me and you may have both realised, I think when I clocked, he likes to do it differently. Mm. And your way was keeping busy because then it was do the house, renovate that, everything like that. And at first I was like, okay, that's fine. If that's how he wants to do it. And then, but then it kind of left me of like, oh, I've got all this time to stew. Mm. Um, and it almost, I th- I remember the times I used to feel like, oh, I didn't want to come to you and speak to you about it because you just had so much going on. Yeah. And and then we all started rucking heads and it was just, it was, there was a lot for for, for all of us when we were yeah. living together. We all, you know, Helen's life uprooted, changed. Yeah. Like when I look back now and I think, yeah, actually Helen was my age and I'm thinking yeah. I would, if, if this was vice versa and Joe's mum had died and this was, I'm thinking... Fucking hell, yeah. It's a yeah, lot to take lot, on. It's yeah. a lot to take on. And then not only to discover that less than a year later, you're both going to become parents. Mm. And I think, yeah, I really want to kind of, yeah, you, you found out a week before mum's first year anniversary after we all together as a family have been through so much shit together and me moving in, me moving out mm. and just pure chaos and... You know, we spit venom at each other. We spit yeah. venom at each other. And we, I, I think we both hold our hands up. But 
I don't hold no resentment for it because I think we were just really fucking heartbroken. Yeah, we were. Um, and we just, I, don't, I just think we didn't really know how to talk to each other and said, really say, do you know what, yeah. I'm just really sad mum's died. It's how we do it. I don't know, it's how we do it. It's how we did it when mum was here. It's how we do it. it, it when, yeah. And she's not here, but I didn't have any doubt, like even Helen was saying, like, I said the whole time, I said like, I said obviously you're dealing with it in a different way, but I never doubted that you would come to your senses personally I said I don't know how long it'll take and obviously I, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna take any of your nonsense in the meantime um and obviously same with you you were gonna say whatever to me but I did know that it wasn't for time for ages I didn't know when it was gonna get better mm. and if it was gonna get better yeah but I did trust that it was trust gonna, the process yeah and I think it was, yeah. I, think, I, mean, I have a list of things that I, I've got a list of things I'll write down um, years ago. Just random things, just write a list of what you want to do, what you want to do in your life. Anything, it could be anything. Literally, you want to read this book, you want to go on this holiday, mm. you want to go this, this. I think one of the points was make things right with Amber. Mm. I think that was one of the points. So I didn't have any, I didn't have any doubt it was going to happen. I just didn't want it, obviously, to be too long. Obviously, yeah. yeah, and it was, and it was, it was like... It was a long. It was a long time, and we went. Yeah, all together, nearly nine nine months. But majority of that year without speaking, and it was, it was intense. We'd all had so much change, and you'd both become parents, and like this family home that I'd known had changed completely. But I knew it, it was everything was for the better, and this new baby had come, and he'd absolutely changed my life, and like brought me. Brought me, he makes me cry because he brought me so much happiness. I think at that point, because obviously I've got, I was stuck in the middle of everything. I have, I've got you going off on one side. I've got dad in my ear on the other side. I've got Helen in my ear. Yeah. And I'm trying to juggle all these things. And it was just that at that point where she got pregnant, Helen was just like, all right, I'm just going to trust you to do whatever you've wanted to do. Mm. Um, I'm just going to let you do it. Um, which obviously was to do the house and do everything here. Um, and yeah, everything kind of clicked into place once once we knew about Leo. Yeah. And obviously then he arrived and obviously it's just game changer, isn't it, really? It was, yeah. It was absolute game. And it was like... Uh, the way I describe it, it's kind of like he was he was like this plaster. Mm. I think like not like, <laughs> a nice way to put it. He was this absolute blessing, and then he was almost like this plaster. But because when he'd arrived, it was kind of like we'd found out we were pregnant, and his baby's coming. It was like this joyous time. We were so elated, but we were like we still haven't dealt with all mm. this shit that's happened before. Yeah. When we found out Helen was pregnant, we were all still in the ruck still. Yeah. So we're like, you know what? Fuck, fuck what I think just happened for the past year. This baby's come in, what a great time. And it was. I don't think there was, there was nothing fake about that. We generally no. were all elated. And and then he's arrived and we're all here together. And that first year was like, I will cherish it forever because well, one, it's given me this huge insight to parenthood. Mm-hmm. I think no one everyone says, Oh, well, you live your life. I said, Yeah, and I know, I know semi what it's like to be a parent. Um, but I felt it was like I had I had my own shit I needed to deal with, 
and you two are becoming a family. And we're all family, obviously, but I thought it almost felt like I was like, just not like outgrowing, but I was like, I felt like I, I was going to say something that I regretted mm. or do something that I regretted and just, because I hadn't, I, hadn't, I hadn't been dealing with what I needed to do, deal with inside with mum. Mm. And it's very dark thoughts and I just really wasn't happy with myself. And then when it all erupted, the eruption at you guys was just all this pent up shit that I had with myself mm. and really stuff that I probably should have conveyed months beforehand. Just sat down and gone, I'm not happy. And I need to go and sort my own shit out. Mm. And we did and we parted ways for nine months and it was awful and it was yeah, the most awful time of my life. And then everything fell, everything fell apart, I feel like, in order to come back together again. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. As much as I don't wish that was the way things went down, by the time I didn't, I didn't know the language or how to actually really express myself, and because it was too hard, and mm. I didn't really know what to say other than to just be angry. Anger was all I feel like I knew for a very long time, um, and until I actually realised a lot of my anger was just a whole lot of pent up grief that I had and wasn't able to express. Could I actually finally come and sit down with you two on those separate occasions and go? Let's talk now. I yeah. hold my hands up. I fucked up. I was a total dick. Let's repair this relationship. And I think even people now speak to friends, whatever they think, you guys have really turned a corner. Mm. And I do think, yeah, and where we had to fall apart to come back together. And for some families, they fall apart. And they never come back together again. And they they do just part their ways. But yeah. I think both, even me deep down, I kind of always knew I would never, I, I, can, I couldn't have never not seen my life at that point, like for the rest of my life, about the three of you in it. So I thought I knew something had to give. Things were still really intense then. Having Leo change your grief at all, how you looked at your grief at all. Actually, maybe even more like how you looked at even like mum. Like I feel like I imagine when I have children, I might look, not look at mum differently, but look at almost like, her style of parenting like yeah. did you look at like when I don't know the way you might parent Leo do you recognise like ways in how mum would parent us um yeah I think it's it's pretty similar you're never really going to go far off what you've had unless you've, you've had known. a bad experience unless it's yeah. been a bad experience and you want to steer yeah, away you want to steer away from that but yeah they've raised good children I think really so mum and dad did so yeah I think 
yeah, very similar. I'd say, yeah, like, obviously, when, when you have children, like, obviously, at first, you're just a bit like, well, she's not going to know. She she didn't get to... Mm. It's more that she's missed out, really. Yeah. But yeah. also, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like, you obviously want to see your... It's nice to see your parents hold your child and stuff like that, yeah. isn't it? Like, that is obviously something that you'd really want, and you're mm. never going to get that, which, which isn't nice. But then, I don't know, man. You just... One thing for sure is I understand a lot of the things she'd done where I'd, we're out with her and argue with her over certain things. Mm. And I understood why she'd done it mm. when since I've had children. Mm. So, like, for example, like, we used to row over the house, obviously. Like, she was working her ass off. Yeah. Obviously, when dad, when dad had gone and and just doing bits and bobs of whatever, mm. obviously doing the, the charity store, and then she'd do like babysitting sometimes, yeah. and then she'd do it. I was just like, "Why, like, you doing all this? Like, mm. just I was always just like, just just sell. Like, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Like, and she'd be like, no, no, no. And then I'm thinking, like, look what I've done with this. No, no. Look yeah. what I've done with this. Yeah. Like, look what I've done with this house that she effectively left left for us. Mm, mm. Like, that is a parting gift. It's a legacy. And then with that, you're going to have money to mm. go and do yours. And it's, it, set us, it set us up both. And she could have easily, but then, like, for some reason she said, no, I don't want to. I know. And it was almost like her, her stubbornness, it would drive us up the wall sometime, wouldn't it? But then you look and you think, because, yeah, she didn't, it's not money's everything, not at mm. all. And, like, what is left behind but you look and you think she's left this asset and and more so from when I think about it as much as it was hard for me to see the house change and mm. it was I'll never lie about that but I look and I think how special is it that Leah and Nala get to grow up in the house that we grew up yeah. in as much as it's nothing like it but that's so special to say that this address has been in our lives since the early 90s mm. and we'll go on to like however long yeah. and who knows might mm. give it to Leo or Nala and it will just it will stay like a family heirloom yeah and I know we're in Slough it's still yeah. an heirloom <laughs> but it's it's special and to know that in some of the brick and mortar of this like she has touched she had she had she has roamed these halls and um it's special things like that yeah so I, I feel like yeah there's yeah. a lot more clarity and I understand kind of why she'd done a lot of things that she'd done. And yeah, you just do it because now you're, that's what you do for your children and things like that. That, that yeah. did, yeah, a lot, lot of clarity. Yeah. For sure. And how do you, how do you talk to the kids about mum? Like, I've obviously always caught wind of kind of conversations. I think especially with Leo. And I think I started noticing quite early in Leo, um, like how switched on he is about, about mum. Mm. Um, and it always takes me back, like when I was saying Nanny Sue and even Nala, and it's um, it breaks your heart all the same time as much as it does warm it because mm. you think you know you know who this woman is, but yet you don't. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to yeah, like how how do you talk with the kids? Well, more so Leo about it, and Nala's still so little. Um, did you ever have like a conversation one day where you just like? Because like, does he ask, yeah. like, oh, Helen, Helen's mummy is nanny? Yeah, so... Where's your mummy? Kind yeah, of like, he never asked the question like that. Like, I remember he, I said to her, that's my mummy. He's like, no, mummy's your mummy. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, mummy's <laughs> not my mummy. But um, 
yeah, it's just obviously like from dead obviously we've got photos of, yeah. around of her and things like that. So yeah, we just always mention her and keeping it obviously we go to Great Yarmouth, we go to the grave and things like that. Mm. Um so yeah, they kind of I don't know how much he understands really. I think he doesn't Leo definitely I think understands now. Mm. Obviously because he wasn't there when it happened, he doesn't like didn't know it like that. Yeah. Um it's kind of just like those photos and then I don't know if he actually quite understands that's actually a person. Yeah. He won't really understand that probably till they're older. No. Um, and do you feel like you'll be like ready for that conversation of kind of, obviously, I, I, I personally feel like children are a lot more resilient and um, like robust than we think. And kind of if mm. we were to sit down with them both and say like, nanny died and even saying the D where people really yeah. fret from it and go, oh, don't speak about death. And I actually remember one of my memories of mum is I remember saying, I think I can remember coming from school one day and saying to her like, oh, mummy, don't die. Mm. And her going, don't say that word. Like it was like a filthy word. Yeah. And almost like, she was almost like scared of the word. And so, and I know, I still know like many parents like that now, they're like, oh no, we don't talk about like death or dying or anything. And I don't know, just talk into the morbidness of mm. it, but the natural way of life, like when like, like Maureen died, yeah. you know, he said, Arnie Moe's gone. No, and... I did mention it to him. I was just obviously said like, obviously when we were going up, well, obviously we went for the funeral and then I, just, yeah. I did tell him like, that Arnie Maureen was really poorly. Yeah. Obviously he see her poorly, didn't he? He so did, yeah. I was like, Arnie Maureen's obviously not here no more. So when we were going up, he was just like, Arnie, it's only Uncle John now, isn't it? It's Arnie Maureen. Yeah. So he does like understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I'd be fine for the conversation. Yeah. When it comes, when it comes down to it. Mm. Um, when it comes. Yeah. I think obviously as well, a little Nala, she's got, and I think for for her, you know, she's carrying, she's carrying his mum's name and, um. It's just a shame for both of them really, because look, and yeah. they're like, obviously like Helen's mum and dad are great, like, mm. um, but, but like, my mum's completely different new. as well, yeah. that's what I'm saying, so it'd be nice, it's just nice for them to like, it's yeah. one of those things like that, we've barely had any grandparents in our life, obviously we've yeah. had grandparents, but some of them were in the Caribbean, so we never really got to see them that much. Yeah. Um, Dead or not present. Yeah, yeah. Obviously mum passed away when giving birth to her, and yeah, like. It's kind of like we almost, we almost wish we, well, we had different, yeah, for us. Yeah, like, it'd be nice for them to have, obviously like the full set. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and obviously it's, it's them that are missing out, and obviously Leonardo missing out, and yeah. Mom missing out. And I think because we knew that, you know, we saw her. Well, she, yeah, she she worked with children for her life. Mm. She adored children, and any any new baby that came into any one family, she would absolutely dote on. And it's almost it's just like a bit of an injustice in it. Of like, she would have been such a wonderful grandmother. Mm. Um, these kids wouldn't have wanted for nothing. Been spoiled. We think Dad spoils them. Mum would have been yeah. times ten. Um, and it is, but no, I do, I do, I think they'll be both be wonderful and it will be, there'll be no type of way of talking about mum at the dinner table or anything because I think, yeah, starting it from young and even, you know, simple as nanny in the sky, like it's, it's having that understanding of, well, the natural, the natural cycle of life mm. um, and how it is, but. Yeah, so my, my my last question before I'll go into a few of the grief gang questions. What's something that mum taught you that you carry or hold to this day, like a moral or just something she instilled in you that you feel you carry still? 
I don't know how to really say it. It's like work ethic, but not work ethic sort of thing. It's just like, for example, like, even even mum and dad, I look at both of them, and without thinking about it, the way I am, like, it doesn't matter what happens to me the day day before, I'm getting up and I'm going the next day. Mm. Like, don't matter how tired I am, how hungover I am, whatever it is, I would get up and I'll just do it. Mm. Like, I'm not fussed about doing it. And I, I think just years and years of watching them both do that, um... Yeah, just get up, you've got to go work, or in the evening, I don't know yeah. how tired you are, you've got to go work, um, you've got to go and do what you need to go and do. Mm. Literally, I, yeah, I just remember them, they both work hard. They do, they yeah. Both they both really work hard, yeah. like, even looking at them both, like, yeah. when you when you really think about it and you, and you look back at it, you think, like, oh, they, yeah, were, they were working, two jobs. they were working really hard, both yeah. of them. I remember, I remember, like, when my mum, I don't think you were born at this, but I just put a memory from before you were born, and... Me and dad used to go and sit right on the side of Asda waiting for I remember a little out. bit of that. Mum used to come out the back and we used to sit there waiting for her <laughs> and collecting at about like 10 o'clock at night. I remember that sometimes. I'd sit on dad's lap and he'd do the pedals and I'd do yeah, the steering yeah. wheel. And then, yeah, so like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, then, she'd normally be working sometimes, yeah, like two jobs at a time. Dad would always be changing, wouldn't it? To kind of yeah, work at night mm. to do it. Yeah, they, they, they definitely, I think, instilled a good. Hard work ethic. I mean, I'm definitely more tendency to call in sick than you probably. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, they definitely taught a hard graft. As I said earlier, I've got a few questions from the Grief Gang community. So I put a call out and just said, I'm doing an episode with my brother. He's the oldest sibling. If you're like a, of a sibling and you've lost a parent or, you know, is there something you'd like to ask your sibling in your grief or just something called my brother, be about him, our relationship, our mom. And these, what we got, these are a few of the ones I got back. We've got quite mm-hmm. a few. Um, so, yeah, we'll whiz through them and see. So the first one I got was, what is one thing you would like Amber to know? Is there anything left unsaid? <laughs> 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 and I thought that went <laughs> no honestly there actually isn't I've, I've said everything mean or whatever you needed to know at the time mm. um, obviously you need a woman in your life isn't it really mm. yeah you need someone to fall back on the guidance yeah. and guidance and me and dad can't give you that guidance yeah um, so yeah so I, I always knew it was going to happen we said what we needed to say Mm. Um, yeah yeah nothing left unsaid no I can't think of anything but I don't think I've said no Um, next question being the oldest did you feel a sense of needing to protect your sister i.e. get everything sorted yeah Yeah. I took that role on I just took it on anyway Mm. like I I didn't even think to ask really it didn't even go through my head because I know at 19 I wouldn't want to be doing that yeah. That's what, how I thought about it. If I, I thought about how I was when I was 19 and I was going out every weekend. I was doing, yeah. I had a decent job. I was spending all my money every weekend. Mm. That's what you do, isn't it? You spunk all your money, you go yeah. out, you, you're kind of finding your feet, just mm. got wheels and drive anywhere. Yeah, no, and it was. You can start doing what you want to do. So mm. I just thought, why? I don't want that to change because her mum's passed away now. Yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of a natural reaction. No, definitely. Um. What do you do when you have the urge to call your mum and just or generally talk to her? I'd love to ask my older siblings. Um, 
I don't really get that much anymore. Like I've never, I know some people they'll get the, uh, like, uh, not that they don't forget, but sometimes, you know, just sometimes like you're like almost muscle memory forgets. And I know some people like they'll get in their car and it'll be like the routine. They would call their mum or person yeah, in the car yeah. and they'll just go and then I'll go, oh, like I, I feel more like that with Mo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm in the car, if I'm sometimes driving from mine to Joe's, I'll go, I'll call Mo. Yeah, yeah. And I'll call, and then I'll go, oh, fuck no. Yeah, like obviously, like, yeah, I'd say obviously more because obviously then it's kind of weird because obviously, like, mum will watch his talk time in the morning and then we would, yeah, we would jump in on the call, say hello for and have a little chat with her. I felt like, yeah, I've kind of replaced mum in that kind of bit there because I was the one calling Mo now. Yeah. And, or she'd call me. Yeah. And you just have a catch up or whatever. And obviously, same with John now and things mm. like that. Um, but yeah, again, as I said, like, if mum was calling me, it probably wasn't good. So, as we were, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we weren't ever really like a, it wasn't like well, a we all lived together. Yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. So, it was more to know something. So, I never really had that. I do remember. Do you, is, there an, is there a moment where you think, oh, when do you feel the most, oh, I wish I could ask her? I do remember, like, I don't know if Helen, Helen might still have messages from mum still on her phone, mm. but I, I accidentally deleted them off oh, mine. I've actually have to, yeah. I yeah. accidentally deleted them, and I was just like, I don't really hold on to it that much. Mm. Was your relationship tense after, i.e., blaming each other? Who could have done more? How to overcome that? I mean, I think, yeah, but, yeah it was but, tense after. Yeah. It was tense. Well, obviously, we both had things to say and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, I think it's always someone's always going to get a backlash of some sort. Mm. It might be someone you know, it might be someone you don't know. I think most people do have a backlash at some point. Yeah. Um, I think so, yeah, for most people, I I'm still yet to kind of discover, I know some, some we'll speak from a sibling perspective, but most siblings will have a semi-ruck because everyone and one of the most common questions I get like when it comes when it comes to parental loss and with siblings, it will always say, "But my ex siblings does it so differently from me." Mm. And I think the expectation, I think what my expectation was of you was, "Oh well, we both lost mum. We're obviously going to do it the same." But they're not factoring in that. Well, one, the actual responsibilities now have changed. Um, therefore, that's going to like affect how you process it. And also, although she was our mum, she was. Like two different people to us. You were you were her eldest. I was her youngest, and almost, and then you had like seven years before me. And mm. So she didn't treat us any different and love us any differently. But we both held different memories with her, and yeah. so kind of every every relationship is unique. And so how is every every loss is going to be unique as well, regardless if you if they are your biological mother or not. Mm. So I think that was for me was the, for me to I think actually kind of more understand you from like a very base level to actually tell myself like. And we're going to do it differently, and that's and that's fine. And yeah, it's not. It doesn't it doesn't mean that one misses her more than the other if one chooses to express it more. Like, mm. yeah, I do a podcast on it, but it doesn't mean I miss mum just because I talk about her more openly, express it or any less. It doesn't, or I'm like distance from it at all. Um, so I think for me that was my biggest learning curve of um, how siblings do grieve for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, then this one. Being the older sibling, do you ever feel guilty that you got longer with your mum? That I got what? That you got longer with your mum. Do I feel guilty? <laughs> do you feel guilty you got seven years longer than me? <laughs> not at all. I'm not. Why would I feel guilty? Because you got seven years longer of mum than me. 
it's I don't know it's, it's odd because obviously those <laughs> those seven years obviously like you hear obviously yeah, when, when someone passes you start hearing them obviously we, we learned about a lot about mum that we never knew mm. when she, she passed so those seven years were tough for her obviously isn't it? she obviously moved to a town that she didn't know mm-hmm. she didn't have any friends or family down here yeah um, obviously she lives in Tower House in the, in the block of flats and then moved obviously to Sipple Lane like a few years later like, yeah can't have been easy no at all for her so there's probably a lot of her finding her feet at that time as well obviously and she was only had you when she was 20 25 26 yeah 25 26 yeah yeah um so obviously she's finding her feet obviously learning how to be a mother on her own really yeah dad's working um yeah so yeah, like that's what I'm saying. I do have memories, but a lot of them, obviously, I, remember, I do remember briefly Tower House. I do obviously remember like Sue and Tracy and yeah, um, and bits and bobs like that. But yeah, like, I can't remember. I can't even remember my pregnant with you. Ah, oh. I actually can't. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about it, I actually can't. Like, wow, very memorable. Aren't yeah. I? yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, <laughs> no. So nothing really memorable in those seven years that you had with mum on your own. That's what I like. It's hard. It's, it's weird. Obviously, because like, then obviously the majority of life, obviously you've been here. Yeah. Well, I suppose like really kind of like, it was, obviously you had one on one time with yeah, mum and dad. But like you said earlier, there was so there was so many of you kids. Like you, there were, yeah, you always had when you had thingy next door. You you were around so many kind of children. Yeah. You would have really had that kind of your only child syndrome. Um, I mean, as she said as well, mum and dad were always working. It wasn't like yeah. mum was a stay-at-home mum. She was out right, working yeah. all the time as well. Okay, so no guilt there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would you want to say to your sister now that you couldn't have back then? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's hard. I, f- I feel like, yeah, you did... <laughs> I feel like you you were very open with everything and kind of you never like as much as sometimes it would hurt you never held back. Yeah, I, I was, remember I was I was one thing I remember you, yeah. you always said to me, and you went, "I'm <laughs> I'm the only one in your life who's going to tell you the truth." Yeah, and I was like, "Well, no, you're chatting shit." And you were like, "I'm the only one who's going to tell you the truth because like." I don't give a fuck what like y- your response is because I'm the only one who's going to tell you straight. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. T- I'm not going to sell you a dream. No, because I'm in the same position as you. Yeah. Um, and I said to you before, obviously, dad, dad, dad doesn't ever going to hurt your feelings. Yeah. Because you're his daughter and mm. he wants to look after you and things like that. So if that means not telling it to you how it is, mm. then that's what he'll do. Yeah. He doesn't want to upset you. That's absolutely fine. I get it. And mm. uh, now that I've got a daughter as well. I'd probably be yeah. the same same way, um, but yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so straight. <laughs> yeah, because you need some. You need to hear it. Everyone needs no, I think it. it. I need was. to hear it from yeah. some, some, yeah. someone. Like Helen will check me if I'm doing something stupid. Yeah. everyone needs to be checked by yeah. somebody. Yeah, um, and yeah. Same with sometimes your friends and that they don't really want to tell it to you. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Like, Obviously, good friends will, but sometimes it's hard. It's a hard subject to touch on. Well, even in the circumstances, like, I I imagine, like, when I was, yeah, one out of all my friends, kind of, there were times I think people would try and tell me, like, oh, I'm a, maybe take five before you send that message yeah. or sleep on it and something. And some 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 friends gave me grace and, and realised 
Amber, you're not you're you're not the Amber that we know. Yeah. Um, and gave me the grace, and I thank them for that. But other friends were like, "Oh, I'm tapping out. Like I did not sign up for this shit," and yeah. and rightly so because all I did was just spew venom at people. But um, yeah, no one really wanted to check me because it was either well, they didn't want to be in the firing line either. Yeah, of course. Um, and not that I was a bully to be afraid of, but for oh, I don't want a piece of that either. Like fuck that. Mm. Um. What was the hardest part about the loss for you personally? The hardest, as, as I said earlier, I think the, hard, the hardest part of the whole thing was just leaving, leaving mm. her there. Mm. Just that whole thing. I, I can remember that part, like, clearly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was the hardest part. Because at that point there as well, it was just like, right, she's gone. Mm. Like, that, that was it. I'm leaving, leaving the hospital now. Um, then obviously all the in between like even like, when we went to like the funeral home afterwards and dad obviously dad got back the next day and then he yeah. wanted to go and see her and, and whatnot. I was like that's not that's not my mum yeah like leaving that hospital it was was me leaving her like I don't think the, the funeral obviously it took ages over three weeks or whatnot and obviously yeah. you had to go to Norfolk and all that planning going on but like that wasn't closure that no. I, I that moment walking out there that, that that was, was that was yeah, it for me. The closure. Um, obviously, the funeral that is emotional and and whatnot. Um, you feel yeah. like you'd closed the book when we left the hospital. I feel that was when I obviously really took it in. Like, like she's gone. Mm. Um, obviously, we went to church the next day. Church I don't know was why. Hard. Yeah, church that was hard. I still actually find it now. I've actually been really to step, go back into church because all I think of is us. But yeah, it, it did make me feel better. Me too. I felt better leaving, leaving there. Mm. Um, for sure. Did you struggle? This question, I never really actually. I feel for part of me is tangent. I still. I mean, we were we were raised in the church, but not like religiously like we weren't we I mean, we'd go every sunday and stuff but i will never forget one of the sisters coming to us that day after and saying he's a good god he's a good god do you remember that i can't remember mm. what sister it was and i remember looking at her and thinking in my head but if he's such a good god why did he take our mom and from that day i really struggled with kind of anything that i had believed in up until that point of but if he's a good God, then why did he take our mum? And I suppose that's the question probably that everybody who follows a faith may question may question their faith. Mm. Um, and I still feel like now I'm on a journey with it, to be honest. Like, I dip in and out of it. But I do feel comfortable when we go back to church. I think because that's another place that holds memories for us too. Yeah. Mum was there. There was, you know, Sister Sue. There was refer to her. But, yeah, I felt a lot of comfort in that day, the day after we went. It almost felt... Um, like it was the right thing to do, wasn't it? Yeah, I felt I felt something like come off my shoulders a little bit. Yeah, at that point there, but um, yeah, I think I did go through the same thing as you did with with faith and things like that. I, for a while, I was just like, nah, mm. like why? Why would that happen? Mm. Um, but then I think I also went the other way as well. Yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm more, um, but I do believe. Yeah, and I do. You, you find comfort? I find comfort in it now, still. Yeah, like I, I find comfort believe. in music, and I just feel like it's, it's weird that you feel better. Yeah, leaving there. Mm. 
obviously Pastor come to the hospital the day before as well. And that was just like an innate, we just did, we went call Pastor, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, and obviously he came down and whatever, said a prayer and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it did make me feel better. Mm. Um, and I, I, and I, on the list after that, I did write, read the Bible. Have you? I've done a few chapters, that's about it. But but yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, really. Mm. It is tough. That's the first thing you're always going to question and things like that. But yeah, it's just one of those things. And you see it now, you hear about it way more now. When you've you've lost someone, especially to whatever you've lost them to, Mm. your mind's automatically tweaked to, it happens all the time. You meet so many different people, they're like, oh, bloody hell, you've lost someone, you've lost someone, you've lost someone. Yeah. Um, And you realise it's everyone. Wait, it's for no one. It's just, I think, in a way, I think, you know, we look at both, like, our friendships at the time, like, we might have known like a friend of a friend who had had it, mm. like really little when they were young. Not that it makes it any different, but we were kind of like on our, on our own for a little bit or for mm. a while, kind of almost like we had to kind of not like make the baseboard, but like wander it alone for a while, yeah. like being the only person in our peer groups, workplaces, being like of our ages, um, navigating this loss. And then as years go by, like so many of your friends have lost parents and, mm. and I look at mine, I think, and I, I mean, I meet so many people now, I think, fuck me. Yeah. Like death waits for no man or woman. It really does not care for, mm. for, for, for you leaving your little children behind. It does not wait for nothing. Um, it does scare you. It, it does, does scare, scare you. you. And I think it, um, and like imagine for you, you know, kind of having your two children now of like, Almost imagining, like when I when I sometimes when I think about mum, I think I always think we always think kind of like ourselves in it. We think of us as like the main, we're always the main star in our own stories. And then I actually think about it was when we went to that medium, and I remember the lady said to me, she went, and your mum, she misses you too as well. Mm. And it absolutely floored me. And she could have just said it off cuff, whatever. Mm. But it made me think, oh my god, yeah, mm. of course she wouldn't. If she if she was in any kind of sane mind, yeah. as she was, at, they said talk to her. She can hear you. You can imagine her going. I yeah. don't want to go. I don't want to die. Yeah. Like save me, please, because. And you sit in now as a parent, go. I don't want to ever leave my children. Why would I want to do yeah. that? Yeah, like, it does scare you. For yeah, sure. make sure like, to look after your health. Naturally, I've done a check the other day just out of random because I, I don't go to doctors. I don't do nothing. Not that I live a particularly bad lifestyle, no. but. Um, yeah, it does make you think. Like, I was yeah. thinking this the other day. I was just like, if I went today, although Leo and Nala really know me, when mm. they were older, they'd barely have any memories of me. Mm. They wouldn't be able to tell you much. Yeah. Even though... Although we know, we've done so much. That's, yeah. what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, their memories and how would how would they struggle. And, yeah. yeah. Like, Nala might not even know... Yeah, she's such a so small. She's so young. Yeah, Leo would have some memories, but it wouldn't be that much. Yeah, Um, it's it's scary, isn't it? No, it does. It's important to document and Mm. to to share things and kind of. I feel like mum. I feel like mum was quite a good documenter. Yeah, we have got a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I don't. I don't look and I think, oh, she's left nothing but like got like a handful. of... We've got a whole trunk, haven't Mm. we, of all stuff from when she was a baby for her whole life. So. It's so important to document lives and yeah, she's done a great job of that. But that's all me all questions out. 
I feel great. How do you feel? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, no, I'm really happy to have this conversation. Really and truly. Um, well, Grief Gang, thank you for listening. This is the end of, yeah, season, season three. It's been a great season. And I will see you in the beginning of September. Big love. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it and it set your week off to a great start. Whether you've laughed a little, cried a little, I mean, I think crying is good for the soul, or you've resonated with something that was said, thank you for listening and spending time out of your day to do so. If you like what you hear, please do rate, review and subscribe. In doing so, you're ensuring that lots more people get to find the Grief Gang podcast and hopefully help them too. If you're not already, check out The Grief Gang on social media platforms such as Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. I'm most active on the Instagram page where I love, love, love to connect with you all. For now, take care and big, big love. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 